The Leaderpreneur Show, Episode 27, Leading During Crisis and Behind the Scenes. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to The Leaderpreneur Show the podcast for leaders to deepen their knowledge while exploring an entrepreneurial journey of their own. If you like the show, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by going to leaderpreneurshow.com and smashing that subscribe button. You can subscribe on any of the podcast directories out there. So just pick the one that works best for you. And we'd be honored to have you as a regular listener. Today, as always, I'm joined by my great friend, my co-host, my partner in crime. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. He's Michael Tanner. Hey, Michael, how's it going this week, my friend? Man, Stephen, I'm good. How about you? No, I'm, I'm doing uh, doing pretty good, actually. Can't complain with all the things going on in the world. Um, I feel yeah. uh, like I'm I'm the lucky one out there. Yeah, same here. Same here. There's a there is a lot going on right now, and and uh, I feel lucky like you. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, my work environment and things like that have changed up on me, uh, but still very fortunate. Still very fortunate. I, I'm getting a little bit of cabin fever. Maybe you are a little bit as well, but uh, I'm cooped up at at home, if you will, with my family and working from home. So uh, other than cabin fever, I don't have any other kind of fever. Uh, so I'm, I'm lucky. I consider myself lucky. Yeah. We, we just talked before, uh, starting this recording that, um, you know, my weekend has been pretty much, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I'd call it sheltered in place because I didn't really go anywhere. Um, right. I, I made the trek to Walgreens, uh, on Saturday and realized there's you know, the whole paper, the toilet paper aisle, everything's completely empty still. <laughs> it's so, you know, I'm over here counting rolls of toilet paper and, you know, things like that and trying to figure out how long, uh, yeah. we have yeah. before I have to go to another level of, of concern. So thanks. So like you're that. not rationing yet. then. Huh? Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> you know, I can understand where, where some parts of the world really struggle because we take a lot of things yeah. for granted. We take a lot of, you know, you oh, go, of course. yeah, we go into the store, the supermarket and, um, you know, there's, there's 12 different types of things in there on every aisle. And it's like, well, I just can't relate to not having something available. And, uh, yeah. So it makes you really pause and think and appreciate, you know, us and, you know, at least me in this country, what, what we're afforded and, and the opportunities we have and the choices we have, and it just puts things into perspective and makes you appreciate even more how lucky uh, that we are specifically. Yeah, totally. Totally. You know, my wife, um, she shops at Sam's club a lot. As do we. Sam's, they sell everything in bulk, right? So when she gets toilet paper, I think it's something like 96 rolls at a time or something like that. And so we're not too worried about that, but, I know like at the grocery store and all, they sell like maybe it's eight rolls or 12 rolls at a time. And and so if you're accustomed to shopping that eight or 12 rolls at a time, I understand how this could be a problem for you. I, I do get that. Yeah, we, um, we, do the so Sam's, we do the Sam's Club thing and Costco thing too, but they're out as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, she, yeah. She, yeah. she went last week, <clears throat> my wife went last week and, 
And um, she gets back and I say, okay, they have toilet. Nope, they didn't have that. And it was funny. She sent me a picture. They didn't even have any meat. Their whole meat. It's empty. You can't yeah. get ground beef. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. My wife went to the grocery store the other day and said they didn't have a single egg. There wasn't a single <laughs> egg in the store. <laughs> this is a grocery so store. We're going to go buy chickens. We're going to go buy chickens and put them in the backyard. Apparently. Yeah, <laughs> you know? apparently. Oh, my goodness. And then we're going to. No, but we're, we're making it okay. We're, we're doing all right. So if I give you a call and say, hey, Michael, uh, can you spare some of your 96 rolls? Can you FedEx them to me? Uh, I, I just might can. Yeah. I, I just might can do, uh, we'll do, do that. Well, good. So we're coping like at the like the whole world right now we're we're kind of dealing with this working through it uh adjusting our lives accordingly yeah. and and uh, which kind of brings us to uh today's episode and uh, you know our earlier discussion today on, on how we might uh, approach this episode so why don't you share that with uh, the audience yeah so so last week i had made mention that uh, at the end of last week's episode i'd mentioned that today we were going to talk about the foundation of leadership and uh, i didn't i didn't tell our audience what that was, and I'm still not going to because we're not going to cover that topic today. Uh, we're going to move that topic out until next week. So next week, we'll talk about the foundation of leadership. But I just felt like it was, and and I know you as well, Stephen, you've probably heard a lot of podcasts and a lot of talk around uh, what to do in the middle of this. You know, I'm going to call it a crisis or, or maybe chaos or just, you know, heavy time of change, however you want to characterize this season that we're in, we recognize that things are different. And as leaders, we're going to have to uh, lead differently. We're going to have to address concerns and, and worries and issues that otherwise we, we may not ever have to face again. And so I think today we're just going to kind of talk about, and in, in, in large part, it is going to be you and I talking about it, not so much a structured bullet list of things here, but I wanted us to talk about, well, what does leading during crisis look like? What, what should that look like for us if we're going to lead during crisis? How's that sound? No, it sounds great. And, it, and it's really timely because I'll be the first one to admit three weeks ago, well, maybe it's been longer, but it feels like about three weeks ago when this became this coronavirus COVID-19 became a thing that wasn't uh, kind of a, Oh, well, here it comes and there it goes. Um, yeah. it, it, it really, it really felt like this was just something that was going to come and go and it wasn't going to be a big deal. Okay. Uh, how many people got sick? Okay. It's kind of like the flu, but mm -hmm. I had no idea, uh, honestly, that it would have the staying power, the impact, the disruption to our, to our world, to our organizations, to how we work, how we engage with each other, how we lead, how we think about things, you know, just going back to no meat, no toilet paper, and just the worries and concerns that some people have and feel more than others uh, about things that they've never considered before. And right. it's just, yeah. it just makes us think, act, and operate differently. And whenever you do that with people and and in organizations, it it can create different outcomes and disruptions and things that people just aren't used to. So to be able to talk about that and talk about just just the reality of of things in, in the organization and, and the way the dynamics of people uh, are, it, it's important and, and it's something that can't be overlooked. So I think it's a great, yep. timely, topical 
discussion that there is no right or wrong answer here. This is about kind of figuring this stuff out as we go. So let's, um, let's you and I try to figure this out as we go through this conversation. Yeah, sure. And, you know, Stephen, first of all, I guess I would say, I don't think you're alone at all in, you know, underestimating what this thing was going to turn into. Right. I, I think very few probably here, especially in the United States, I think very few of us really kind of saw this coming to the, to the level and the magnitude that it is. Um, you know, it, it has much of our country, you know, doing all these uh, alternative work arrangements and, and things like that. And uh, yeah, I don't think anybody really saw this coming the way uh, the way it's played out, uh, but it's certainly going to create, especially for us leaders, it's going to create some special circumstances of leadership. And, and I think the first thing I'd like to talk through is just that reality of it's situations like this where we see real leadership come out, right? True, real leadership comes out of people in situations like this. And, and sometimes situations like this will uncover leaders that you didn't see before. So, so you may see leaders evolve and, and kind of rise up in this crisis um, that you didn't see before. But then also you as a leader, you've got to recognize that right now in a situation like this, this is where your leadership is most important. And this is probably where your leadership is most recognized by your team. You know, if you think about history and you think about the most impressive leaders that you know of in our past, in, in history, then you probably know of those leaders by name and you know them probably because you understand or recognize the crisis that they led through. You know, if you think about presidential leaders and you think about Abraham Lincoln leading through the Civil War, you think about uh, Franklin Roosevelt leading through World War II, um, you think about you know, maybe General Patton or, or other military leaders because of the the crisis and the battles that they led through. Um, man, the guy's name just left me. Who? Uh, Alan Malawi, the guy that led uh, GE out of the, you know, uh, no, I'm not, sorry, not GE, Ford, um, out of bankruptcy. You know, they're the, they're the ones that didn't take the government bailout and he turned them around and led them out of that. So it's not just military, presidential type leaders, it's corporate leaders too. And you know them and you recognize their leadership because you saw them or witnessed them or heard about them leading through crisis. And so I just first say to our leaders, this is where your leadership is going to truly be tested, but it's also where your leadership is really going to be recognized by your team. Absolutely true in all of those all of those points. It's in in up in crisis like this. What it does is it reveals who we really are. In my opinion, it reveals. Uh, you, you know when they there's this saying I, I remember that um, you know when you come into a lot of money it just makes you a, a more magnified version of who you really are. If you're if you're uh, a person who gives, you're going to give a lot more. If you're a person who's greedy, you're going to be a lot more greedy. You're going to use money for the for uh, to represent who you really are in a more magnified way. Just like crisis, like this, it it creates more of who you really are from a character perspective, and you can't hide 
So those leaders who, who go through life as I, you know, if you're going to grade them, kind of grade them as a C leader, right? They're okay. They're not setting the world on fire. They're not, um, doing all the things that great leaders maybe do, but they're not horrible. Okay. They're not horrible. They're kind of trudging along through life, uh, being that average leader that people can kind of get behind, maybe not, doesn't really inspire greatly. But when crisis hits, how do those leaders respond and how does their character come through and magnify itself? And that's when you can really see and feel leaders. And I'll use an example of my organization that I work for. Uh, My CEO is a really, I, I view him as a strong very strong leader, compassionate leader, caring leader, cares about people. And I've been in my organization for eight months and leading up to kind of this COVID-19, I've always viewed him in that light. Uh, He's done the things that, that I connect with. Um, He leads the way that I feel is the right way. And now we hit this coronavirus crisis all of that that I've observed in him over these eight months or seven months at the time is now magnified where is it's on full display how he engages with leaders, how he engages with the workforce, how he goes the extra step to communicate every single day a message to the all employees of the company through uh, a letter that's emailed and posted and updates, small little updates. And it just, it's a magnification of who he really is. And that goes, that can be said for leaders at all levels in the organization, whether you're leading a team of three, whether you're leading a team of 300, it, <clears throat> what it really does is it, it creates and magnifies the impact and the visibility that you have on the organization and you can't, and you can't hide from that. You can't sneak around. You can't put yourself in a corner and think that, that it won't be recognized or won't be observed because you will become more of who you really are because the organization requires that level of engagement to be able to weather these storms. So those are, those are, my personal observations where I work currently, and I don't think that's unique. I don't think that's different than most organizations that are going through this crisis right now. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. And that's a very good point of, you know, a crisis like this just magnifies and makes even more evident your own personal character and, you know, and, and personality traits and, and things like that. And, and that's why that's why I think it's so important, especially when you're outside of a crisis or a, or a tough challenge or something like that, that you're doing everything that you can. You're being very proactive and intentional about building your own leadership character and, and about building those relationships and, and uh, with those team members that you're leading do that outside of a crisis. Because if you don't have a, Outside of a crisis, if you don't build a relationship with your team members in the midst of a crisis, the fact that you don't have a relationship with them will be magnified. 
right? Uh, do outside of a crisis, everything that you need to do to make sure that you care for and empathize with your team. Because if you care for and empathize with your team outside of a crisis, then in the midst of a crisis, even more so, you'll care for and empathize for those in your team. So don't, don't wait around for a crisis to try to exercise the leadership character that you want to be. Exercise that leadership character outside of a crisis so that when one hits, then you can, uh, you know, it'll be magnified, right? Yeah. And just make, when you say that, it makes me think, um, makes me think of something that, you know, comes into my mind a lot, which is when times are good and when the stock market's hitting 30,000 almost, and when, you know, businesses are seeing record profits like we were uh, generally speaking across the, the country two months ago, when, when things are humming along great, people tend to get complacent. And the reality of that is, is when times are great, you, not that it's right, but you can get away with a lot about mm-hmm. not being a great you know, individual contributor, not being a great leader, not being, and a lot of things are uh, behaviorally overlooked because the organization as a to- as a whole is experiencing consistent, predictable success in spite of maybe lacking uh, leadership characteristics from certain people. Uh, you, you know, when times are really great, you overhire, you bring in people, you, you're kind of fat, dumb and happy a little bit and you're trudging along and you're hitting the numbers and there's not quite as much emphasis paid on the detail of saying, "Ooh, we need to manage this. We need to manage that. We've got to be cautious here because human nature says it's, it's kind of a party almost. It's oh, life is great and you can get away with a lot of things that you maybe you shouldn't, but that's the way life works sometimes. And, and then all of a sudden, from Friday to Monday, the world changes 180 degrees, for example. You are the same person you were on Friday. And all of a sudden, it is a complete mess because now the viewpoint of the organization is around all of this drama, all of this concern, all of this all of this change and, and concern, worry and what, what about my job and am I going to be able to get a paycheck and am my kids going to be able to go to school and am I going to be able to get meat and toilet paper and am I, oh my gosh, and I don't want to, I have all these underlying conditions and I'm worried about getting sick and what's that going to mean for my family and I'm the, you know, the breadwinner and, you know, all of a sudden you have this 180 degree turn of of the way people view things and the same thing you were doing as a leader on Friday on Monday is very, very ineffective. And now people will be looking at you in a to- through a totally different lens. And if you don't adapt and change, take a step back, take a deep breath, recognize what you can do differently. You are really going to struggle through these times. And we don't want that. Yeah. We don't want that for anyone out there. So there's, there are some things that it, it, to your point, exactly. It makes me think this is not the time to start building relationships, right? Yeah. Now 
if you, if you haven't got one, you have to build it. So it's not optimal, but you may have to do that. But all of the things you do, building the building blocks, the foundational things you do as a leader, the investments you make in your team, the deposits you make in credibility and goodwill, those things done day after day after day when the stock market's 30,000, when the company is humming along successfully, that's what's going to get you through the down times. And don't overlook the power of relationships all the time, but especially uh, while times are good to be yeah. able to weather the times uh, the 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 the, the uh, relationships when times are bad. Yeah, totally. And you know that that kind of directly leads into I guess point number two that I I wanted to talk about a little bit here. But you, you know we can we might uh, you know underestimate this coronavirus thing. We might underestimate its impact on our business and things like that. But as a leader, you'd better not underestimate your team's reaction to this crisis, to this chaos, you, you better not underestimate the level of worry and concern and fear and, and all of that, that they're going to have right now that some of them will voice it. Some of them will make that worry and that concern and that fear very evident. Others won't, but probably one of the worst things that you can do as a leader is underestimate the level of fear and concern and worry that they've got. You know, you and I've talked about, in the absence of the known, our mind in the unknown just always creates the absolute worst case scenario. And so that's what your team's doing in this, in this coronavirus situation. Your team is in their mind. They're making up the worst case scenario. So don't underestimate that. And so my second point that I would share to our listeners is in this time of crisis, you really want to do everything that you can to focus on your team members, focus on the team. It's really easy in a situation like this to focus on the crisis, focus on, you know, you know, get caught up in the news and get caught up in all the negative impacts and, and get caught up on all the symptoms and, and what are the numbers today in the hospital? What's the death rate today? It's so easy to get focused on the crisis itself. It's also so easy to get caught up on or focused on the customer. I get it. We got a business to run. We got to stay in business and all that. But it's real easy in a situation like this to get caught up on the customer. And, and what do I do for the customer? How can we continue to deliver to the customer? And, and how can we make sure that we, you know our shipments aren't late? How can we ensure that revenues get? So it's easy to get caught up on that aspect of the business, too. But I would submit to you, especially as a leader here in a time of crisis, your number one focus should be your team members because they're the ones that are going to keep the, the customer happy and keep revenues coming in and, and so forth. So while they're making up these worst case scenarios in their mind, you need to be focused on taking care of them. And that's why you are called and we are called leaders, right? That's what we do. We rise up, we rise up above, above that and figure out a way to keep our teams uh, strongly knitted, engaged, and still as much as you can focused on the organizational objectives. Because if they're going to work, 
right? If they are going to work every day, and where I work, again, my situation, uh, we're deemed a, a essential business because of the relationship we have with the products we manufacture for the government and uh, the military. So we're considered uh, essential, at least in the definition that is being used today. And uh, therefore, we go to work every day and we we continue to manufacture products. And now we do have a lot more people working remote. I have personally on my team, uh, on my broad team in the business, about 45 people working remote that can work remote. So that's different for them. They have to adjust and overcome and adapt. They, they many of them, probably 80% of them have never worked from home, right? And then the people that come to work every day, because you have to, when you manufacture a part, you have to be at or, you know, at the machine to manufacture the parts. So you can't work from home. But what it, what it really requires is, is people to really understand why we're doing that. And yeah. from a leadership standpoint and, and cause people, the relationships you build and what, what I find and just generally, but what I'm, what I see being reinforced in times like this is, is that, um, people really need to understand why we're doing what we're doing, because as a leader, if you don't have that relationship, you're already trying to lead from behind. And it's, and it's a, it's a tough thing. And to be able to articulate why we're essential to be able to talk about why, what, what they do matters even more still as a leader, making sure that we're, creating as safe of an environment as we can, given the challenges that we go to work every day, right? Being on full display of the concern and way that we think about their safety and goodwill and well-being and all of that. And then really from a relationship standpoint, and you've mentioned this in prior episodes too, it's, it's knowing a little bit about their family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We, we have several folks in my organization that they have individual underlying issues that creates concern, but they also are caring for either spouses or parents or Mm -hmm. uh, things that have their own concerns. And that creates understandably all of these concerns and distractions that can take them away from being effective at work and being safe at work because complacency and they get distracted and they get, they're not maybe thinking the way that they normally think, and it can create issues and concerns and risks that you just, as a leader, you've got to be able to, to say, Hey, this is, this is different. Something's going on here. And we've got to figure out a way to stay connected, stay engaged, uh, make sure people are aware that we know what's going on in the world and we have their best interests in mind. And it's, and that requires us as leaders, there's no playbook for that. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. right. There's it, it, a lot of it's created on the fly and a lot of it is created based on good structural, foundational, strong, common sense leadership and understanding how to work with and work uh, to you know, take care of people through the relationship. Yeah, yeah, no, totally agree. And and we we're in a similar situation where we have uh, you know a, a large number of people that have to be in the office, and then we have a, a large number of people that probably the vast majority of our 
uh, team members can work remote. They can work from home. Uh, and luckily we're in a situation at our office where we, we don't have any, uh, confirmed cases. We have, a, we've had a few people that have been sick and shown some, you know, some types of symptoms and all that, but nobody has been confirmed with a case. And so, you know, according to, you know, health department guidelines and things like that, then we don't have to do anything out of the ordinary in terms of our office space, but we've chosen to those that can work remote. We've chosen to send them home to work remote. And we've done so because we want to keep the place a safe place for those that have to be there. Right. And so again, focused on our team, we're trying to make sure that for those individuals that have to be into the office, let's make it as safe a place as possible. And so even though we don't have to, we're going to send the rest of the people home to work from home. Uh, and then you say to those people that you're sending home, hey, you know, we're going to send you home. Uh, you're going to work from home. Uh, we're going to work out the kinks uh, that are associated with working from home. You know, be patient with us and, and let us know what kind of troubles you're having with working from home. And we'll work with that. We're doing this, though, for the sake of keeping our work environment here safe for those that have to be here. And then you got to, again, focused on your team, you got to recognize you're sending people home now to work from home and maybe they don't have the internet connections that they need or, or maybe now because schools are closed, they've got a toddler in the house and, you know, you just got, you, you got to be flexible. You got to be empathetic. Uh, you know, I did a, a podcast episode just a, a week or so back um, about leading remote teams. And I talked about, you got to be empathetic with the, with the reality that, and you got to be flexible with the reality that your team members are now at home with two or three small toddlers running around. And so, you know, one, if you're on a phone call with them or a video conference or whatever, and one of their toddlers goes running by and screaming by, well, you can't make a big deal out of that. You, you just got to kind of laugh with them and, and move on. Uh, so again, you got to be focused on that team and the special situation uh, that each of those team members now find themselves in. Yeah, it's it's this ultimate inflexibility. It's it's something that we leaders aren't instinctively trained to laugh off when you're on a conference call or a video call and you have kids running around. It's just not what leaders are typically accustomed to. And but we're not accustomed to times like this. We're not accustomed right. to basically the world in some large way shutting down. And I kind of, I go back to, and what I share with my team is, and I say this probably every day to somebody or on a conference call uh, that I have with my team every morning at 8.30, I'm on a, a virtual call um, since we can't really effectively meet together. I, I, um, I talk about my situation and how fortunate I feel to in a world of uncertainty in a world where, where people are concerned about their paychecks and about uh, having a job. Um, my daughter, you know, my daughter sent me a text on Friday that she was laid off. She's, she's mm -hmm. in Texas and I talked to her on Thursday and things were okay. Hey, I'm working from home and my, and her husband, we're working from home. She's got two kids and, um, you know, kids are out of school, like everywhere, practically these days. And, 
Uh, and I said, okay, you guys hanging in there. And um, they're both working from home. And the next day she texts me, she says, Hey, I just got laid off this morning. Um, and uh, yeah, so th- those unknown things, they can happen just so quickly and the flexibility right. is important. So what I tell my team is I feel so personally fortunate to be able to come to work every day because although nothing is for certain in these times, uh, surely, but given the realities of, you know, turn on the news, you want to get depressed, just turn on the news for 30 minutes. That'll, that'll really make you think about things uh, a certain way. But in, in my world, I'm happy to be able to go to work every day. I work for a company who has, uh, from an essentiality standpoint, is deemed an essential business. So I feel like, yeah, there's an important reason that we go to work, but I also feel uh, very happy and honored and privileged to be able to go to work given all of the uncertainty in the world right, right now. So I, I share that with my team and I say, hey, team, I don't know about you, but I feel lucky to be able to come to work because at least there's that predictability with me and my life and my family right now. Doesn't mean tomorrow might not change, but it means today I feel like I have some normalcy in there. And, and I think that, you know, I know that not everybody's in that situation. So embrace, yeah. if you're in a situation where uh, maybe you're having to work longer hours to, to make up for people that may be unexpectedly out because of the virus, maybe you're having to, to shift and, and maybe work remote and not have all the tools and resources and things that you're normally used to. Maybe you feel like if, if you're an individual contributor or an, uh, an uh, uh, early rookie leader that, that, man, that's not fair. All these people get to stay home and I don't get to stay home. I have to come to work. Take a deep breath and think about how fortunate your situation is to be able to do things that others are sitting home and worrying about every day. Take, take a a pause and consider your situation for what it is. And if you can help other people uh, the way they think, the way they operate, uh, bring some, some, uh, some calm into the situation, some encouragement, people need a lot of encouragement right now because they're dealing with things that they haven't dealt with. And you could be a source of that encouragement. So every day, one or two people go out and and encourage them, help them work through some of these concerns and challenges. Make sure they know they're not alone. Make sure they know that you're there to offer whatever help you can uh, in, in the way that you can. And make sure that they just recognize that you guys are still a team and and we may not look the same right now because we're operating differently and we may not see each other face to face every day, but we're still a team. We still lean on each other. We still uh, need each other to be successful and just consider all of that as you kind of make your way through each and every day, day by day in this situation right now, because the world is evolving and we have to adapt. And as leaders, people are looking to us for the the reasons, the, the calm, the logic, the communication, all of the things that we may not, frankly, have the answers for, but we can bring something to that discussion to make sure that they uh, are feeling a little bit better about the way things are. 
Yeah, you, you know, it's such an important point you make there, Stephen, is, is just as a leader, be, be prepared to talk about, be willing to talk about these things and the realities of the crisis. You know, I mentioned earlier, don't focus on the crisis, but at least be willing to talk about the realities of the crisis. Again, you want to focus on the people, the team, but you got to be willing to talk about the realities of the crisis um, because so many times, you know, people are worried about those realities. And if you don't talk about them, you, you start to lose some credibility around, are, are you even connected to the situation? Do you even recognize the situation well enough as a leader? Uh, even to the point like you were saying that your daughter is experiencing, even to the point where, you know what? Yeah, sometimes layoffs are necessary to keep the business afloat, right? I mean, if, if we don't keep the business, uh, you know, afloat, everyone loses their job. And so in a, in a situation like we find ourselves with this coronavirus, yeah, layoffs are, are a real possibility. They're a real thing. And, and it's okay as a leader to be willing to talk about that concern. And now, obviously you're not going to, yeah, tomorrow you're going and you're gone. And then next week you're gone and you're, that's not what I'm talking about, but you're going to be willing to talk to your people about, Hey, these are tough times. Things are different. You know, if revenue is down, for instance, you got to be willing to talk to your team about the realities that revenues are down and, and things like that. Um, but then also I think the, that leads into this final point that I would make, and that is make sure that your actions match your words, right? So, uh, so again, you're, you're willing to talk about these things with your team. You're willing to uh, be empathetic to their situations. Uh, you can't, so for instance, you can't say, all right, go home. Want you guys to work from home, but you know, be really, really strict on their hours, what time they're going to be online and then offline, and be really strict on you know, don't want to see your kids and hear your kids in our meetings, or you just can't. Right, your 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 actions can't contradict your words. Uh, you know, in a in a world that you and I are both living in, where we have people that have to go into the office. You know, I think probably one of the worst things that you can say to your team in a situation like that is that your safety and your well-being is our top priority. But then you don't do anything. You know, you don't change mode of operation at all in the office to make that office a safe environment for those that must go there, right? In that situation, your actions don't match your words. You said their safety is top priority. But what they see, the action they, that they see is just business as normal, right? Same as every other day. They don't see you taking any kind of action that indicates to them that their safety is your top priority. So just make sure that your actions in a crisis like this, your actions are actually matching your words. Yeah, you don't want to be, you don't want to be hypocritical during this time. And that goes back to my, my flexibility comment it's and, and you mentioned tech you know problems with i don't know i think you mentioned technology but um people working from home one of the things we've we found are things that just frankly weren't considered before so you have these people yeah. working from home working remote trying to figure out a way to be successful in a way that they've never had to in the past they don't have 
they didn't get the uh, the employee orientation guide about working from home as part of their job requirement. They went from, hey, I need I need you 45 people to work from home starting on this schedule. And they're going, OK, I don't have a I don't have a laptop. I don't have a monitor. You know, so how do we overcome these things? Uh, and, and what we found last week just in my organization is we didn't have enough VPN licenses. Right. right. Because yep. concurrent uh, logins to VPN with all of this shift and people working remote, um, people were at home trying to work and too many, we, too many folks concurrently were trying to log in through the VPN and uh, virtual private network, trying to get into the company uh, infrastructure and the, and, the, and the networks and things like that. Now for us, we could access email uh, without the VPN, but uh, if you want any files or things like that, you got to be on the VPN. So now we find out we have people that can't work and okay, do you get mad about it? Do you go, oh my gosh, why, how? No, we go out and get more licenses and go, okay, this is a unique, we didn't anticipate that, but we go out and we, we pick up a handful of licenses to make sure that we're, we're covered. And we do have, and to your point about kids running around and all, that's reality right now, all, at least in Arizona. Uh, and when we're recording this uh, in Arizona, which I think is probably similar to almost every other area, our kids are out of school. I have a, at home, I have a, um, a ninth grader and a sixth grader, boys, and their schools are closed. Uh, they were on spring break. They never went back from spring break. They're, they were going to be out for a couple of weeks, which is now turned into, they're going to start some online instruction this week. And they were supposed to go back physically early May. Uh, but I, I doubt now that they're going to go back at all this year. And what do you do? You're going to have kids at home. You're going to right. have situations. It's, it's to the point where you've seen what the government, the Congress is doing about passing legislation on, on um, helping those with, um, you know, income and schools being out and family medical leave and things like that to make sure that people are, you know, at least have some, some level of coverage when dealing with these unforeseen things. So you can, you can bring normalcy to a person by having them work remotely if you can. And if you have to deal with the, the children and all, and you know what, just Suck it up, buttercup. You know, you got to deal with yeah. it. You got to deal with it. You got to be compassionate because if you make a big deal out of stuff like that, for the love of Pete, they will remember that until the end of humanity. It will never be forgotten. You will be viewed as an insensitive, non uncompassionate, non-compassionate leader who just doesn't get it. And even if you do get personally for whatever reason, bothered by that, you've got to stop and recognize the environment we're in. And you've got to take the high road on that until you yes. can get there uh, maybe more genuinely. You've got to take the high road. You've got to be flexible. You've got to recognize people are doing things that they're not used to doing, that they're uncomfortable doing. And frankly, many people are just worried and scared right now, and it affects performance. And as a leader, you've got to take all that in, know what to do with it, know how to know how to respond to it. And another thing I think about in this virus situation is, is 
and I was telling some folks, uh, talking with some folks, uh, some colleagues of mine about this is I think about the long-term impact that, that the way we've changed our life, uh, is going to have. And, and what I, what I mean by that is, you know, no one shakes hands anymore, right? Mm-hmm. We know that we know that, right. You know, we were doing fist bumps early on. We don't do that anymore. Um, right. We That's were doing cool anymore. Yeah, we were doing elbows. We don't even do that anymore. So what we do now is like an, an air air bow and an air elbow to each other. We don't, <laughs> we don't get that close. We just kind of do a, a fake uh, elbow to each other. And right. um, so I think about just from a social norm standpoint, we we're going to go through this, you know, for some period of time, we come out of this uh, whenever that is. And are we going to just, naturally go back to from a Friday to a Monday, shaking hands and hugging and doing all that? Are we going to be more cautious as a society? And that will become much more of an acceptable way of, um, you know, when you greet somebody, you go on an interview, for example, and you're not even thinking about shaking hands and it's just okay, right? It's not rude. It's not. So I think about the long-term impacts of how this societal uh, society might change just from a you know, this, this notion of word I've never heard of before all this social distancing, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, will we be six feet apart forever? Probably not. But does that mean we're going to be eager to shake hands to, uh, you know, create all of those other things that we would do prior to this? And I think that can have a long-term benefit of flu and other things just in general. So I wonder about the long-term impacts of how people come out the backside of this and, yeah. and think and operate just remote work. I was talking to my yeah. HR manager and, and I, and I stopped by the office and I said, you know what? Some of this is working pretty well, right? Some of this, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. And um, I see us coming out of this was really thinking about how do we operate just more efficiently going forward and the things we have to do now because of the situation are some of those things create efficiency, create, uh, you know, a a workplace advantage where maybe we can offer something that another employer can't. And I think about that, just like I think about handshakes, I think about, I think about how we, how we work, how we get the work done, how we work remotely, how we rotate people through a remote plan, how we just, think in general about people that visit our facilities and how we engage with customers and, and all of these things. It just makes me think about there are, there are opportunities that don't have to be bad that come out of this, that can make you a more uh, modern, viable, efficient organization for the future. So I can, if, as a leader, think about those things as well, because there's a way for you to take the good from this and continue to do it and make yourself a different type of employer. Yeah, very good point there, Stephen. I mean, yes, this is a it, it's a challenging time to be in leadership and, and lead your team well. Certainly, a challenging time. And I'm I'm a firm believer, just like you, that that after this, you know, after we've all forgotten about coronavirus, I believe we will behave and we will operate differently inside of our teams and our corporations and our businesses. I believe we'll operate slightly differently because of this, because of changes and revelations we made in the midst of this crisis, just like you were talking about that, that indicate to us in the, well, we can do things differently in the future. And so there, there, therein lies the hope therein lies, if you will, the, the silver lining to this crisis, while it's difficult now, 
there are going to be good things that come out of this thing in the end. You know, I, I talked about earlier the the leaders that you remember from history and and um, uh, you, you know, and so Abraham Lincoln. Well, what was the good that came out of that crisis, out of the Civil War? Well, we had the end of slavery and things like that, and then uh, you know, World War II and Franklin Roosevelt. Well, you you got you got rid of Nazi Germany, and and, and so there's there's always changes that are going to happen in the midst of this crisis that on the outside of the crisis, the other side of the crisis are typically good things, right? And so just know that as you're leading through this crisis, you're going to do some things differently in your team that you recognize that going forward after this is a good thing. And I I totally agree with you. I think, you know, the kinks are getting worked out of this work remote and all that. And so I think businesses and teams will be much more flexible about having team members work remotely now. Uh, so there'll be lots of changes like that, that that come around. But but the point is, listen, let's just face the reality. We're in a crisis. Our leadership right now is more important than ever for our team. Our leadership right now is going to be recognized by our team or our lack thereof. Our lack of leadership is going to be recognized right now more so than ever. But if we just stay focused on our team, on the team members, and just make sure that we're not being hypocrites, that our actions actually um, match our words, then we're going to get through this. We're going to make some changes. We're going to adjust. We're going to overcome. We're going to adapt. We're going to get through this. And we as a team will be better for it, uh, you know, on the other side of this crisis. So if you will, there's your call to action, I guess. Just stay focused on your team, actions, match your words, and we'll be better for it on the other side. Yeah, this has been a great Great conversation. It's. Um, uh, I hope the listeners, you know, take take at least one or two points away from it. If you do that, then this has been well worth worth the time um, uh, that you've invested in listening to this. So, great yep. stuff. I appreciate uh, you, Michael, uh, recommending that we maybe change course a little bit this week. I think it's very timely that we do that, and um, uh, you know, we just keep keep fighting the good fight here and. Uh, we'll come out yes. of this. We'll come out of this fine, and it's going to be okay, and we will be better for it. And I just encourage everyone out there to to just uh, hang in there. And you know, Michael and I are here. If you're running into challenges or, or problems, or you know, just have a question about something from a leadership standpoint during crisis, you can always, you know, drop us a note, uh, an email. You can reach out to us uh, at Michael's um, uh, website, credibleleaders.com. Uh, credible and uh, myself at aerospaceleader.com. Uh, we'd be happy to uh, hop on a 20-minute call with you and, and maybe unpack a couple of these things. So don't, don't feel that there are not resources available to you during this. And sometimes it's just good to talk about something with someone who can offer a different perspective. So I'd leave that as my call to action for everyone. And uh, I appreciate that. So let's go move behind the scenes uh, this week. Michael, I know you've yeah, got some really cool absolutely. stuff going on. Let, let me say this, it's kind of going into this from a behind the scenes standpoint. It kind of, it, it's a takeoff on what we just unpacked on, on the, the main part of the show. But, uh, and what I see in, in what I hear and I, I observe is with people being out of work right now due to this, this crisis, now better than ever is a time to start your side hustle, right? Mm. Just think about that. It's not for everybody. Not everybody's 
you know, interested in that. And that's okay. And that's okay. Um, some people shouldn't be doing a side hustle. It's just not their, right. not their deal. But if you've ever wanted to start an online business, if you've ever wanted to do something different and you're working from home, you have more time on your hands, you're not going out on the weekends as much, the restaurants are closed, what do you do with that time? I would say think about looking at different ways that you can create a side business if that's something you've always wondered and wanted to to consider. And I also want to say that... um, that uh, everyone is self-employed. If yes. even though you work for an organization, you're self-employed. And, I, and the reason I say that, and you know, I have to pull in a Zig Ziglar quote. You know this, right, Michael? <laughs> of course, right? Yeah. of course. Because because <laughs> Zig Ziglar, I don't know exactly how he phrased it, but here's what he said. Uh, he said, uh, "Everyone is self-employed. If you don't believe me, stop showing up to work and see what happens." Right. Right. You won't be there very long. You are working for yourself, your performance, your behaviors, your you know, if you're in a leadership role, your leadership, the way you act, operate, think and are effective creates the opportunity for you and your organization. If you stop any of those, if you stop showing up, you won't be there very long. So everyone is self-employed. So just consider that because there's no true protection out there. That just doesn't happen like it did back in the, the, what we would call the, the golden era of, of jobs for life. It just doesn't happen. Right. So you're always working for yourself, whether you get a paycheck that says it's from whoever you're working for yourself. So consider that in an environment like this, what can you do to to provide a little more insulation and do something to, to start thinking about driving additional income and, and self, uh, you know, managing yourself, not reporting to people. That's what drives me. I, I like I said in, in the episode, I love my CEO. He is phenomenal. But my bigger goal in life is to run my own business, to call my own shots, to do my own thing. Right doesn't mean I minimize him. I'm trying to maximize me. And that's the way I look at it. And I'd encourage everyone out there. What's going on with you, my friend? Well, no, I, well, first of all, I I would just totally agree with that and and just say that, you know, uh, in a, in crisis situations like this, where, you know, the work environment is totally changing. um, The things that you do with your extracurricular time will make the difference in how well you, you know, get through situations like this. Uh, I'm obviously a big proponent of leadership development. I mean, it's where I'm building my business around leadership development. I'm a firm believer that in crisis situations where we talked about earlier, for instance, where layoffs are necessary. I've been a part of enough of those that I know those individuals that have developed themselves, that have taken all that extracurricular acti- time to do activities of, you know, advancing themselves and leadership development, those aren't going to be the ones that are chosen when layoffs are necessary to keep the business afloat. It's just a harsh reality. But those individuals that are improving themselves and, and improving their leadership capabilities and all that. Those are the ones that are going to, in the corporate world, they're going to survive this thing in the corporate world. But then to your point also about a side gig, um, it, man, it's so nice to have something on the side that you could rely on. Should something 
terrible happen. I mean, who knows? This coronavirus could put some businesses completely out of business, right? Not a layoff situation. The business is just gone, right? And to have something to to fall back on is is phenomenal in that case. And, and to your point about self-employment, yes, we're all self-employed. But if you want to look at it this way, I look at it uh, slightly differently. If you're working in a corporate business, you have one customer. That's your boss or your company. And we all know that when we have one customer, if we do something wrong or make that one customer mad and that one customer then fires us, then we're out of business. But if you have your own business and you have dozens of customers and you know, something goes south with one of those customers, well, then you're okay, right? You're, so I would submit to you that there's more security in owning your own business and having dozens of customers than, than maybe in the corporate world where you have that one customer to keep satisfied. So just keep that in mind too. Uh, but let's move on. Behind the scenes. So here's what's going on behind the scenes for me. Uh, this episode is airing on the morning of April the 6th. Uh, on April the 6th, in my community, the Incredible Leadership Community, we're having what we're calling an open house event. I'm excited about that. Uh, when this podcast episode airs, it'll be this evening. And uh, we're going to jump on a live Zoom call with as many of our community members that will join. We're going to have a lot of fun in that. We're going to talk about the purpose of our community and the future of our community. Um, we're going to have door prizes. We're, there's all kind of fun that's going to happen in this community open house event, this live event. So I'm, uh, we're recording prior to April the 6th. This, that's when this is going to air. But a lot of what I'm doing behind the scenes right now is leading up to promoting and then leading up to that open house event in our community. You said door prizes. I'm going to be there, my friend. I said door prizes, my <laughs> oh, man, yes. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm on pins and needles. I, If anybody's listening to this who's coming to the community event, uh, I'm, I'm getting some door prizes. So, uh, <laughs> And if you're not coming to the community event, what the heck are you doing? You got to get over there, the open house, on April 6th, tonight. So tonight, and if you're listening to this on April 7th, we missed you. We missed yeah, we you. Yeah, we did. We did. But uh, you've you've got to get over to CredibleLeaders.com forward slash community. Open house. Open house. Sorry about that. Yes. Uh, open no, house. Um, but if you go to slash community, that'll get you into the community. But the open house will give Correct. you all the details about the open house. Um, and and I've been I've been in um, a couple of the the events, and I tell you, it's. It's it's getting some really good traction. Just the community that you're building, and I think I told you. I don't know. Uh, maybe it was on our call we had earlier last week that um, uh, to be up in the 40s right now. The four. I think you said you had 43 members to be. We are. We're up to 43. Yes, that's, that's great. You know, you never know how those things are going to go, and to and to see 43 members in such a short period of time that to get into that community, they had to be very intentional. It's not like, oh, I stumbled across it on Facebook. Oh, you know, it's like, oh, I'll just go sign up for that. This, this is very intentional uh, community membership that people had to have had heard about it from somebody. They had to have seen it or heard about it on a podcast episode. It's not like a Facebook group that you just run across it. So I'm very encouraged by the amount of traction that you're getting. And frankly, I'm seeing the diversity of of people in the community, mm -hmm. right? From senior executives to 
folks, uh, and I'll use Eddie from Cameroon, right? Right. Eddie from Cameroon. Right out of school. Yeah. Right. Eddie calls in. Eddie calls into the weekly events. And um, Eddie, if you're listening, man, we appreciate you out there. And uh, yeah, because it, it's folks like that, that we love that I know you love serving and I love supporting you in this community because I love serving. And, um, we hope, and I know you hope, and I hope that people enter this community that love serving as well and love to give back and love to learn and, and get, get value and give value. And this, that's where I think this community is so targeted and specific to that. It's going to be uh, great. So show up to the open house, and try to get whatever's left of the door prizes after I get mine. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what it's required other than show up, but I'm, I, I got to figure that one out. Uh, well, you do have to be present to win a door prize. That is do? true. I can't watch yes. the replay and get a door prize? Okay. No, no, right. that's not the way that works. All right. And uh, I'm going to have to battle with Teresa. Because yes. Teresa yes. is the Teresa. If you're listening to, to this, if you made it all the way to the end of this episode, uh, we appreciate you so much. I know Michael does. And I know my involvement yes. and participation is always seeing you around. So I don't know if I'll ever catch you from uh, referring people, but uh, it's people like you that I observe that make this community great. And uh, we need people like you and uh, people that uh, want to provide value and give value and take value. And it, it, I just think it's a great thing that you're doing over there. So congratulations. Excellent. Thank you for that. Thanks so much. And, you know, on uh, my side, I'm, I'm kind of tinkering still. I'm, I'm tinkering with, uh, did I tell you I got another, I think I told you, maybe it was on our other call. I got another website in uh, Kajabi. Uh, they gave me for free. Did I tell you that story? Oh, Oh, you didn't tell me this. Yeah. So um, I must have told, I told another group of folks, but um, so Kajabi, I pay $199 a month for Kajabi. It's for one website, but it's all inclusive, all your, all your video hosting, everything. And it, um, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. And um, I'm like, man, I don't want to upgrade to the pro plan for $399. It's too much money. Uh, to do all this stuff, but I just got on a chat with them and, and, um, said, Hey, I don't want to upgrade to a pro plan, but I just need one more website. And they gave me a free website onto my account. Nice. No questions nice. asked. So I got basically another $199 value added for free. So I'm a big Kajabi fan. Uh, and that's well, kinda, obviously a great customer. And oh, so they want to keep that. I yeah. don't know. I'm uh, I'm something. All right. They're great. I love them. So um, that, that's kind of it for me. And I know we've kind of gone long. We're at an hour and uh, it's our longest episode. And why don't you take us to the house, my friend? Yeah, sure. I'll do that. So again, let's recognize, look, we, we've got a crisis on our hands. And as leaders, we still got to be, you know, bold and courageous through through this crisis and just lead our teams well and, you know, again, two points of, of action that I'll give you there is that focus on your team members through this crisis. Don't focus on all the noise and the crisis and everything going around it. Focus on your team members and just make sure that your actions uh, match your words. That that needs to be uh, your two, uh, you, know, you know, calls to action today as it relates to leadership. Uh for, for Stephen and I, you can find all of our information online, as we've said before a number of times in these URLs. You can find Stephen at aerospaceleader.com. You can find me at credibleleaders.com. And then next week, as promised last week, 
Next week, we'll cover the foundation of leadership in our podcast episode. And so we, until we talk to you again next week, from Stephen and I both, be blessed and lead well.